Welcome back to the Super Flexible Podcast. It's, this is your trick or treat episode. Um, kind of a weird week with Super Flexible this week. Um, you won't be hearing probably some of the typical voices you've heard the last couple weeks, just uh, doing a little bit of a different recording schedule, some busy people. So hopefully get, um, I don't think we'll hear any Brian Har. We will. We could hear some Bill McCarthy or John Hogue. I'm trying to get John Hogue on later in the week for sure. Um, Bill as well. Um, but here again, like I'm very excited. Like more than a fill-in. Like we've got. We're back with the Dynasty Madman for some trick or treat this week. How the hell are you? Thanks for coming on again. Oh, you bet, man. I love talking with you, Swags. Um, I'm happy to come on this week of Halloween. You know, you think with a handle like Dynasty Madman, you'd really be into Halloween and trick-or-treat and all the scary sort of stuff. Mm. But I'm the guy who likes the funny costumes, like, you know, original stuff that's kind of funny. In fact, the thing that I wear when I take the kids trick-or-treating or when I get to hand out candy and my wife takes the kids trick-or-treating, it's yeah, probably yeah. going to happen this week. I am wearing um, the jersey from... Major League, a certain pitcher who was pretty terrible at first and then got some wins. Um, I basically have the Ricky Vaughn jersey and the glasses with the skull and crossbones and the lightning bolts nice. on the side and the hat. It's a legit white jersey with, you know, the stripes and um, the whole thing. That's me. I'm Ricky Vaughn. I don't wear a lot of jerseys with other names on it. Just always kind of been a thing of mine. But I do have Ricky Vaughn's uh, jersey, and I wear it proudly as, uh, you know, the pitcher from Major League. And so anyway, I, I made that myself. I told my wife I'd come up with a costume a couple years ago, and that's what I did. But, uh, yeah, I just I don't awesome. really dress up and scare kids and stuff you like that. You should cut your hair. Like, do the... <laughs> I should. Dude, that would be yeah. so sweet. I'm going to do it. I told my kids I was going to be Shaggy from uh, Scooby-Doo. Dude, that would be awesome. I could see you pulling that It'd off. It'd be kind of fun, yeah. Just shave my beard and let, like, have a little, you know, the dirt the dirt goatee, you know, where you really couldn't grow one. Because you can fix that right afterward. And, like, oh, and likewise, yeah. Yeah, working sure, at home yeah. like this, and I wear hats all the time, I could cut my hair like Ricky Vaughn uh, in the back. And then what's the difference between a bad haircut and a good haircut? Two weeks. Yeah. After two weeks, it's grown back out, or I just Dude, cut the rest of it down. And that's, and no, yes, no exactly. And I could go from, like, being smooth skin to five o'clock shadow and well by five o'clock <laughs> by five yeah i i've never been like that i get a little bit of snow i still can't grow a a, a true thick beard like a, a la ryan fitzpatrick though if i could i hate beards i don't like to have facial hair but if i could pull off a beard like that i think one winter i would do it i want the hockey beard like the you know the giant beard just once but mine doesn't. Mine's kind of sparse. It doesn't get, you know, gets longer, but it doesn't really thicken up and look like a Santa Claus beard or anything. Yeah, I could probably get uh, a pretty decently thick beard. Like it's kind of annoying because I keep kind of a short beard. But if I let it go, it get I don't know. Even every couple days, like it'll get kind of long and start to curl back and bug my face. And I don't. You're the quite guy that goes full bush. <laughs> you're the kind of guy that the razor companies love where you're like dulling a razor the first time or i could i could have a razor for like 90 days like the yeah. same one just keep it clean right because it doesn't get dull on my beard oh yeah and, and i mean honestly i don't even have a like a straight razor of any sort just a couple different uh chargeable ones where i kind of just trim it trim really it quick down. and keep it a certain length I'm not, uh, I don't groom my beard well. I'm just kind of like, eh, here it is. You let it go. Yeah. Well, and in this day and age, hashtag 2020, I mean, why not? You're never going to have a better chance to 
grow your beard, let yourself go, learn something new. I mean, really, whatever you want to do in the privacy of your own home, it's a good year for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm glad I have you on. A couple reasons here. One, Uh-oh. I'm going to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Oh, um, no. Two, there's a wide receiver on the Cleveland Browns that we've talked about in the past. And the, the, I know Odo Beckham Jr. was injured. He's out for the year with the ACL. Um, so this is irrelevant to our talks. But you have never been an Odo Beckham Jr. guy, like in the past even. Um, no, no, not a big fan. You're right. I mean, no, I shouldn't say that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the great catches he makes, but I'm not a big fan of him in fantasy football. Yeah. Um, so he's out for the year. Nonetheless, um, yep. I'm, I'm guessing you don't have any shares. I'm sure I have one or something. I'd have to figure it out. I mean, I'm sure I do. Um, maybe in flea, on the flea flicker leagues, probably not in MFL. I know I've traded him. Um, when I've had him, I, I have taken him in startups before, you know, um, I, I truly have felt for a long time as a Browns fan that Jarvis Landry is the better asset, the better receiver as far as consistency, as far as, um, Mm-hmm. His ability to do so many different things to help the offense um, in blocking. He can play the slot fine. He can play outside fine, too. He's, you know, a chain mover, and he's so competitive, like every down all the time versus defensive backs. He gets in their heads, and he's good enough to, like, um, you know, make plays to get open. He's one of those guys that's seemingly always open, too, because he's yeah. just so tenacious. He has the skills and the big hands and the great catchability, but he also has those intangibles that make him such a tough uh, receiver to guard to to play against in the, for the defense. He's always been consistent, really, yep. uh, in different offenses, different quarterbacks. He's just one of those guys that makes a team better and then gets more opportunities because the chains keep moving. I love Odell Beckham's skill set. His talent, undeniable. You know, brings a lot of like uh, you know Charlie Brown sort of pig pen with him. He always has sort of a, his own cloud, his own environment around him sort of like that cloud that Pigpen has. He has an aura of this thing that follows him all everywhere he goes. Unfortunate injury, um, but I'm not surprised, you know, at the same time that he has he gets banged up again and has to miss games either. Mm-hmm. Um, guy plays balls out, Odell Beckham Jr. He's just not a consistent force in Dynasty. I could see owning him, but he's always sort of priced too high for me to want to. Yeah. Uh, in redraft, I always steer away from him because I'm, you know, I'm scared. I want guys like Landry that I expect to finish the season and, Give me double, double digits every week, um, things like that. Not, not to no extra compare drama. the two, but yeah, no extra drama. Not to compare the two, but I mean, as best friends, both coming out of LSU the same year like that, mm-hmm. I always was a bigger fan of Landry. I mean, if you look back to how he played at LSU, um, plus he throws a, a hell of a football. I mean, I, I swear to God, I think he's better um, when he has time to throw. He's better with that left hand than, you know, several of the starting quarterbacks in the league kid you not um so he has a real good feel for for offense and then odell just a lot of noise flash in the pan kind of guy and um you know it's unfortunate as a browns fan that he got hurt but then look what happened rashard higgins gets out there and shows why he should be out there as a starter in three wides all the time and even donovan peoples jones sealed that victory at the end with a great catch in the end zone too and he's not a known quantity in the pros yet although high expectations in college right um so they just kept chugging along and maybe if Odell had been in the game they wouldn't have won on that last drive because yeah. it was Higgins and Jones that really drove that entire drive so I mean, tra- drove that drive that makes sense let, let's stay there um because I wanted to mention Donovan Peoples Jones so I'm glad you brought him up but so three for three 56 yards touchdown 18.7 yards per reception um Donovan Peoples Jones looked pretty decent is he like a nice little treat to add right now I mean 
I think so. Yeah, I mean, he sh- he should be owned on most in most leagues. I mean, if you were in a Debbie league that you know it's watered down rookie class, he's already on a roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe he got traded, but everybody owned every league that was deep enough. Yeah, owned yeah. DPJ. Uh, it's unfortunate that Michigan has trouble and just you know look back in time. They have trouble developing receivers. They just don't have a great offense for crunching out receivers. Uh, Tariq Black transferred. Um, he kept getting hurt. DPJ never really developed. Good returner, but he just everybody was like, look at this guy's this kid's profile, how highly he was recruited, all the expectations, and he just didn't do anything at Michigan. Yeah. And so building on that, I think he was a solid late draft pick for any team. The Browns smartly picked him up because he's one of those players that has a higher ceiling than we've seen from him since college. And, you know, develop him, get him into a good offense. Um an up and coming team with a with a good coach that can talk to young players and get the best out of them. And I think what you're just seeing is scratching the surface. If you look at him and what he brings to um, a team as far as his athletic ability, his size. I mean, this is a big kid yeah. and he's returning kicks. He's he's in the return game and he's not bad at it. And so he's developing his receiver chops, getting, you know, adding some skill to his talent. Yeah. And I think you're um, he's definitely a buy. I don't know that you'd have to pay much for him because he's not in the starting rotation yet. He's, you know, fighting really with Higgins yep. to be as the third wide receiver. Higgins has an advantage, though, because he can play slot outside. His primary role is to back up Odell Beckham Jr., which is why we saw a lot of him after OBJ went out. But he's able to play all the back up all the other positions, and so he has a leg up as far as being on the field now. But now your fourth wide receiver is definitely Donovan Peoples Jones since Higgins joined the starting lineup there. Yeah, that's great. Um, and yeah, absolutely get him because what do you have to lose? You're not going to be paying much for him, even Super after the cheap. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, he's one of those players that because I mean, I don't watch college football like as deep as you do, but being uh-huh. a Michigan fan. Donovan Peoples-Jones is somebody that I've watched more and just kind of once through the combine and everything, he's on your radar more and more and more. So, I mean, he's one of those players that I kind of tried to stash in a lot of spots, just the homerism there. So I'm kind of, I don't know, I've been excited for an opportunity, even like every time a tight end is hurt or something like that, I've tried to create a narrative for them to get him on the field. But with Odell Beckham Jr. missing time, I think it's, it's time that, and like you said, probably not in the starting rotation, but we could see more and more of him throughout the week, and he could be a building block to the Cleveland Browns' future. Oh, for sure. I think you you hit the nail on the head there, Swags. He's definitely a building block for the future. Uh, you know, most people don't expect OBJ to be on the Browns next season. Not to say that they're going to trade him or anything, but there really is no hit if they move him kind of contract in the works, uh, in the makings here for it. So they could move on from him and he gets on another team. Maybe he's happier in a bigger market or something. Um, but yeah, they, they definitely need other receivers to step up behind Jarvis Landry. And, you know, you're looking at a kid that's six, two, 212 pounds, you know, 40 yard dash speed burst, all those sorts of things. Um, opportunity in the makings. He's not an old player. He's only, you know, 21 years old. He's not even 22 yet. He, he's just scratching the surface and, and the opportunity right now for him is, is huge. And I, I was actually surprised by what he demonstrated in that game. I did not expect that. Yeah. You get him out there maybe he makes a catch and does something with it. But that last drive and that end zone catch, I mean, really, um, really awesome to see him doing that for the Browns. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. 
And then um, another one I wanted to, and so this is kind of staying current into week seven a little bit too, and just kind of watching what's happening. But I'll start with Ronald Jones, who on the season is running back 13. And so this week he has 13 carries for 34 yards, averages 2.6 yards per carry. I know some people don't care about 2.6 yards per carry or yards per carry, should I say, but he, and he gets the touchdown. But then we have a healthy Fournette come in, 11 yards, 50 carries, averages 4.5 yards, no touchdown, and he's 6 for 7 in the passing game versus Ronald Jones, who we know isn't a very good pass catcher, is just one for two, so it only targeted two times. Like, was Ronald Jones a little treat like that we got, but now he's it's a turning into trick. Like is was yeah, he trick just was he a I trick, should, should I say, you know, like I wouldn't trust him. I, I think he is more of a trick, to be quite honest. It, it seems like the coach was never really sold on him. He keeps bringing in running backs. They, they keep trying other players. He says that he, you know, big Ronald Jones fan, that's our running back and all of it. But um, you, you see it demonstrated differently in the stats. And you see, um, you know, uh, the other running backs just having been brought in, you know, indicate that he's probably not as high um, on Ronald Jones as he makes you believe. Um, or tries to make you believe. I think, you know, Leonard Fournette doesn't break tackles. Throughout his career, he's bad at breaking tackles. The numbers show that. He, however, has decent vision, big guy, and he'll get what you give him. And, he, you know, he finds the hole and he gets positive yardage. He falls forward. I mean, he's not really a detriment to a team who has a good run-blocking line. I mean, he's probably the kind of player you want because he's going to get, you know, the short yardage for you and all that. But, yeah, you said it. He's better at the in the pass game. We've gone back and forth, you know, on the HQ with those guys uh, as to whether it should be Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette's washed up. Leonard Fournette's not good. I think Leonard Fournette is the back to really um, own and be the starting back for this team, and Ronald Jones kind of sprinkled in. That that's how I think it should be, and how it really, you know, seems demonstrated by the stats you just read as well. I would not spend money on Ronald Jones. Mm -hmm. I would try to acquire him i think he's one of those guys and fournette maybe too you trade away but the sure, thing about Fournette sure. is he's so looked down upon he's almost a treat at this point because you can get him thrown in on a trade with some other player trade something away that you don't want get fournette and then something else maybe to build on in the future um just sort of an add-on use leonard fournette this year and then be done with ronald jones and what's probably always going to be an up and down sort of career for him yeah uh, so ronald jones is a trick leonard fournette quite coincidentally is a treat and also yeah donovan people's jones treat 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 absolutely yeah yeah i'm with you so i think it sounds like you would agree if you had to choose between a healthy ronald jones and a healthy Fournette, it's Fournette. yeah like yeah, there's a reason there, they brought that. Fournette in there with tom brady yeah been there done that catches the ball you know he's i'm surprised his yards per carry were what you said he's kind of um uninspiring but like he's able to get what you kind of give him guy. And, you know, in an offense like this that Brady's running, that's a nice to have Ronald Jones is just a sort of also ran. He's like, you know, like I said, sprinkle him in. If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, don't buy him in dynasty for crying out loud. Definitely uh, move on from Ronald Jones. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. Let's switch to wide receivers. Um, Madman has not seen any of these players. I'm just pulling them out of a hat as we go. <laughs> so somebody that I uh I have no shares of, I don't plan on going to get any of. Um that's all I'll say. Um okay. the player we're talking about is Robbie Anderson. Okay. So week four he's targeted eleven times, brings in eight, 
Week five, targeted 12 times, brings in eight. Week six, he's only targeted five times against Chicago. Um, maybe a little bit of game script there. And then week seven here, he's targeted again eight times, but he's not back into that double digit, brings in six. Um, he's currently, I believe, wide receiver 17 on the year. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he he is wide receiver seven. My apologies. Wow. Is that for real? I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't think so. We're talking about a guy that's on the, um, you know, in the middle of sort of his prime years of 26 to 29. You know, he, he's had some success, you know, he's not a small guy, um, but he's not a very thick guy. He's kind of a skinny wide receiver. And based on his MO, I want to say based on his prototype, you know, he's fast in the 40, you know, Six two six three, you know, really fast in the forty yard dash. But what else does he give you besides the sort of go get behind the defense and catch the ball? He he's not as dynamic as a DJ Moore. He's not as dynamic as a Curtis Samuel. But he's doing what they need him to do right now with that deep ball. I I wouldn't bet on Robbie Anderson long term. I mean, honestly, he's on his second team. Just uh, he, I don't know. I he, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. I, and you know, uh, dude, I'm so with your, you. Yeah, if you're trying to win your championship, or you know, and you need a veteran wide receiver to do that, maybe you don't move him. I'm honestly of the belief that you trade away Robbie Anderson. Um, see if you can snooker the uh, the DJ Moore owner. Everybody, well, after this mm-hmm, week, mm-hmm. Not, everybody was down on, unnecessarily on DJ Moore because of the start of the season. Um, but it was a new quarterback. Um, things were a lot different. Um, you know, McCaffrey's hurt. There's just a lot of changes to that offense that let defenses play against the receivers differently than they had been when McCaffrey was in the game, mm-hmm. much differently. So I, I think Robbie Anderson, kudos to him. I don't dislike him. I just think that you're crazy if you think that he's a long-term answer and I, he's a guy that's a trick and you trade away. Yeah, I agree. And then, I mean, with uh, DJ Moore, like this week even – he had the five targets, which is three less than Robbie Anderson, but he gets 93 yards and two touchdowns out of those targets, like 23.2 per reception. And then same with week five, like only targeted five times. He had the same like 93 yards. The dude ironically has had 93 yards in the last three games. And and, and I'm shit you not, 93 yards week five, 93 yards week six, 93 yards week seven. And both week five and seven he only did it on five targets and bringing in four of them week six he had 11 targets that was his only double digit target game since week two where he had 13 so why in the hell is robbie anderson constantly out i I haven't watched a lot of uh the panthers to be honest with you so i'm not gonna sit here and act like i have but you see the efficiency that dj moore has with his opportunities and it's just like man get him the damn ball yeah, they need to. You know, yards per route run is one of my favorite statistics, and PFF uses this. You know, it takes into account the number of snaps a player went into pattern, um, and what you know, the yards they generated out of that. And DJ Moore is right behind Keenan Allen and AJ Brown, and there's some anomalies up there seemingly for this season. Chase Claypool, Travis Fulham, Fulgham, uh, Marcus Johnson. Um, those guys are ahead of DJ Moore and Ke- uh, you know ahead of AJ Brown, Keenan Allen, and DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson is up there too, but he's also up there with Khalif Raymond. 
um, Jaden Mickens, um, you know, guys, and, and these are guys that have only played a few games. But when you look at players that have played like seven games, essentially it's Robbie Anderson, DeAndre Hopkins, and DJ Moore with the highest yards per route run of any player who's played seven games. Um, Anderson is just, he's had more targets. He's had 60 targets, caught 46 of them. DJ Moore's had 52, caught 31 of them. So, you know, not necessarily catching as many, but also not being targeted as much, but he's climbing after this last um, good game. So DJ Moore stands out to me. He's also up there with really good receivers like Cole Beasley, Jamison Crowder, Calvin Ridley, guys who catch the football and it's thrown their way, Stephon Diggs, um, all in that sort of range. I have no concerns long-term about DJ Moore. And he's only 23. Right. Young, he's had, you know, a great season already, a good season before that. Um, he's definitely a long-term asset in fantasy, whereas, you know, Robbie Anderson, like I said, if, if you need a guy and, you, and you're going for the title, if he continues this, it'd be a nice piece to have sort of out of the blue for your, your um, you know, your fantasy championship. But DJ Moore is definitely not a trick. Um, the early part of this season, I'm not really sure exactly what happened, but this this kid's legit. And, um, you know, I if you, probably the window closed, but hopefully you traded for him when you had the chance. Yeah, he was an absolute treat if if you took advantage yes. of any of those buy-low opportunities that DJ Moore has had the last few weeks. Because mm-hmm. even then, I mean, it wasn't easy to pry him. But, um, yeah, if you took advantage of that, like, kudos to you. Um, where are you at with T. Higgins? I love him. Yeah. Really. Um, big, I'm big-time owner in Debbie. And it's not true with all players. Like, I wish I'd had more of certain players than, but I had a lot of T. Higgins. And, you know, from talking before on Rookie Fever, I I also had a lot of um, Brian Edwards. Um, Mm -hmm. T. Higgins is legit. Um, Kind of fell in the draft. I I showed a a snapshot, like, um, of my top four picks in one of the the leagues, um, my rookie picks. And he was, you know, in the mix. And I couldn't believe where I got him. I mean, that guy was going early on. In dynasty rookie drafts, he was going late in the first, early in the second, even, which is crazy. Um, you know, he's one of the best wide receivers in this class. I like him better than Jerry Judy. I, I'm not kidding. Um, I like him as well as CD Lamb, maybe, maybe slightly better. I um, love this. I love this. This is what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, I can't Lamb, think. Of I mean, that, that's huge. Yeah. Like, I, I like CD Lamb. I, I think he is. I think the people who said he was the best wide receiver in this class over Judy and Ruggs and all the others, I think that they were more correct than the people who are saying that you have to draft Ruggs first. And there were some. Mm-hmm. Judy, Judy's the guy you want. Um, I think there were just fewer question marks about C.D. Lamb, a more complete player. He did so awesome in college. But, you know, I put T. Higgins right up there, neck and neck. Maybe, you know, my argument would be slightly ahead of uh, C.D. Lamb long term, but People would probably say that, you know, he's at least behind CeeDee Lamb. That's fine. I mean, splitting hairs, I guess, there. But that's how much I like him. And he looked amazing against yes. the Browns this past uh, Sunday. He's looked good. And, and it's what you want to see. He's yep. had progressive improvement. He's built upon, you know, he's learned. He's got a rookie quarterback. How cool is that, that he becomes yeah. a starter? And he's also starting his career at the same time as rookie quarterback thrown yep. in there. That's great, by the way. Yep. They're I love funny. that. He's making mistakes, but you can see the competitor, the intangibles in Joe Burrow. This kid, Higgins, gets to start his career and build upon it at the same time as this quarterback. They're going to be locked, you know, in lockstep throughout. And I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better situation for a rookie wide receiver that's good and worth, you mm-hmm. know, sort of 
first round capital with a, a tied to a quarterback. None of the other guys are really Jerry Judy's tied to junk quarterbacks. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. And I like Drew Locke is a huge trick. <laughs> yeah, he's a trick. He's a trick. So T. Higgins is a treat, not a trick. He's the offense is a trick. My God, they need to figure some things out. But um, long term, T. Higgins is in a really good place with Joe Burrow, who's not going anywhere. Yeah. And there aren't many quarterback situations. And even Jalen Rager with Wentz, that situation in Philadelphia is not ideal. And I thought Rager was the best or one of the best wide receivers in this whole class. Still not a better situation than T. Higgins is in. Well, and even I mean, even if uh, even if you call CeeDee Lamb and T. Higgins like equals, which I think you could. You could. Um, Make that argument. You, yeah. you look at the opportunity right now that T. Higgins has versus even what C.D. Lamb would have had with a healthy Dak, which don't get me wrong, we like that a lot more. But even just sharing with Gallup and Amari Cooper and Zeke versus Higgins, and I mean A.J. Green looks done. Sorry to say, or ready to move on. He's done in that system, and. Uh, I don't know. I've never been a huge Tyler Boyd guy. I think he did really well with his opportunities. It's kind of like Kurt Camlet replacing Dave Mustaine though, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I gotcha. That's funny. But, uh, Megadeth reference. (laughs) But, um, yeah, dude, I love Higgins is what he's and what he's doing. I, I wish I had more shares of him. Like one of my biggest regrets through rookie drafts and, um, and I think a lot of people made this mistake, but was taking Cam Akers over some of these wide receivers that we've talked about. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, going reaching for a fourth, fifth, sixth wide uh, running back and it, uh, other tricks too in there. Um, Vaughn and, and others that people were drafting super high. And then that's why mm-hmm. Brian Edwards and T. Higgins fall to you at the end of the first round. You just won your title game and you get T. Higgins at 112. That's hilarious. For yeah. Brian Edwards at the top of the second um, or even later, That that's funny to me. And, and just back real quick to the Bengals, A.J. Green is a shell of himself. Super good wide receiver. It really is sad to see it go like this. He was one of the best consistent wide re- wide receivers in this league, and he just happened to be you know on a team that was also fading and trying to reboot at the same time. Mm-hmm. He's had struggles. Last season was a waste. Behind him is Auden Tate, who's eventually going to get that job, probably this season, because Tate, he's a he's a um, he's a contested catch guy. He, he's a badass. He's eventually going to get AJ Green's job. However, um, when you, T Higgins was drafted to be the heir apparent to AJ Green, even though he's on the other side of the field right now, um, he's going to be the Bengals' wide receiver one. Tate's going to slide into AJ Green's spot, and then Boyd, like you said, he's eventually. He's just going to get phased out. I mean, he makes a great wide receiver, too, on the Bengals, and that's all he is. That's what he's been. Remember, when A.J. Green was back and playing well, Tyler Boyd kind of – he tapered off a little bit. Of course, he wasn't getting as many targets. It really took A.J. Green's absence for Tyler Boyd to really become a household name. Higgins doesn't need that. I mean, he's yeah. he's legitimately the wide receiver one. But um, So it's going to be him, Boyd, and Tate. And for A.J. Green, um, like I said, I hope he's not on your rosters because he's done. He's a done deal. So before we move from wide receivers, you brought up Brian Edwards. Uh-huh. Um, I'm absolutely still about buying Brian Edwards. Like I'm, I'm guessing you haven't really changed on this, right? No, no, no. Um, he's not, you know, blowing it up like some of these players yeah. and taking off quickly. And you know, arguably Ruggs is doing better, but not I, even I th- really playing. You know. Yep, he's not. I'm, you know, I think he's he's taking some time to acclimate and all. I, I'm not worried about him long term. I still think he's probably the wide receiver one on this team. Even if he's not, 
and he's more of a beta beta receiver. Like he needs a true wide receiver one across from him, you know, whatever fast guy. He's got that with Henry Ruggs. So if you have if you assume that Ruggs starts on one side um, and Edwards on the other, I think that's great for Edwards. He's going to shine, and I still think high end wide receiver two in points at least. Um, I do think he's a superior um, long term asset to Henry Ruggs, and I, yeah. Ruggs is developing. He's kind of beating what I thought he would do, and all of that. But I, I do think Edwards is somebody to move for and trade for now. I mean, man, the Raiders' offense—they make Derek Carr now looks like a legitimate uh, quarterback. People yeah. love to hate Derek Carr. Oh, he's inefficient. Oh, he's so boring. Right. Here's this rah-rah guy, great teammate. You know, he's religious. He's got—he's a family guy. You know, from his immediate family now to like you know his brother and his parents. He's just this good guy that you would love to have as your starting quarterback. But people like to rip on how he played so vanilla, and now mm-hmm. he's. You know, he's got all these assets. Gruden and team have invested all these things in him. And now he looks like a great quarterback, not just, a, you know, the average guy that faded under pressure and didn't do a whole lot outside of script. He he look, And it's because they have these weapons like Henry Ruggs. And, yeah, you know, he's actually has weapons now. Yeah, he and, and not just at a couple positions. I mean, you know, all across the board. So yeah. I, think, I think Edwards is in a great spot with Gruden because Gruden loves him. Gruden loves Brian Edwards like we do. So um, I think the future's bright for him, and he's a treat. You're just going to have to wait a little bit to for that re- return on investment, I think. And, and that's the case for some of these guys. But it's a wide receiver. You need to show some patience. The cream cream rises to the top, and, you know, as a treat, he's going to rise to the top, and, too. And I think Gruden's even came around to being I – don't, I don't know how to say it. Like, I think Gruden probably always liked Derek Carr, but finally this year he is more vocal about, like, you know, he's my guy. Like – and I think that that helps the team as well. But dude, if you're a head coach, how could you not like Derek Carr? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, I mean, you know, he probably doesn't do everything you want him to all the time. But personality-wise, what's not to like about him? So yeah, Gruden. And I think I remember back when Gruden did those. Um, what was that called? He did the quarterback thing with all the rookie quarterbacks. Most yeah. of the quarterbacks. You could tell he was a, a Derek Carr fan, and yep. he had good things to say then. So I'm sure when he took the Raiders' job, he realized he he had a a good foundation or baseline to work with yeah. whatever the media says. I mean, can you believe most of that? Well, stuff? And I think in the off season also, like one thing that happened was when Marcus Mariota went there, we wanted to assume that Derek Carr's job was at risk and, yeah. um, and not, not we being you or I, um, but honestly, I think that just those echo chambers, you hear them and, you start to get these false narratives created. And I think it was finally nice to hear kind of Gruden kind of just put a stop to that. Yep. Yeah. I like that. He did that. He's kind of a, an all business sort of, uh, you know, he doesn't like all the conjecture stuff. I I like that about him. He's old school Mm -hmm. nuts and bolts and, you know, let's get out there and do our jobs. And so, yeah, I think he, he did the right thing there, but yeah, you know, Gruden's a huge fan of Derek Carr and man, I, I'm surprised by how quickly they turned that around. Remember, we thought that the offense was going to suck. Yeah, yeah. It was going to be 1992 or whatever, 1996 right. all over again. Yeah, and it's fun to I watch. Forget. Yeah, it really is. So kudos to them. And thanks for asking about Brian Edwards, man. It's easy to talk about players that you like. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, for sure. Like, um, And he's one of those players, too. And, um, man, I don't know how it manifested, but just from landing spot to everything and probably even some of your influence like brian edwards is one of those guys like i feel like i have a decent amount of on my team so um he would be i don't know you would really have to impress me 
just a no-brainer to get him for my team just because I'm fine being patient on him. Yeah, yeah, no, that's smart, man. A lot of people just give up on wide receivers too soon, and, you know, everybody's so eager. Plus, hey, how much over-analysis do we see on Twitter now? I mean, everything's over-analyzed, and sometimes people miss the forest for the trees when they do that. They they sort of miss maybe – the bigger things that they should be looking at or be concerned with over, you know, other, and I'm not just saying 40 time, just they, they, they sort of miss uh, things that are right in front of their faces. Yeah. I I bet you could in most leagues put a offer in for Brian Edwards and not, not like fleece somebody, but I bet you could get a decent buy opportunity on uh, Edwards. Honestly. I hope you're right. I need to still hit some of my leagues. I started. It's taken a while, but sized up every one of them and uh, figured out what I wanted to do, what I wanted to get rid of, what I wanted to acquire, the needs versus wants, and um, start. And it just takes time. But um, you know, I'm running through that now from sort of my uh, you know my favorite teams to my least favorite teams. Not mm-hmm. really best or worst kind of deal, but the leagues that I like the best. My you know the one the leagues I'm happiest to be in and. Um, you know, started doing that this weekend, but I have so many leagues to do this with. And Dude, um, I, I hear you. So this year. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, but 2020 is the best time. We're never going to have another year like this where yeah. you can really reset your whole thing Dude. Um, and just kick it to next year. Punt. Yeah, exactly. Or go for it completely as other people punt for it. Quite honestly. I mean, yep, take it depends trip. on which way you want to go with it. Um, so I want to talk super quick about, um, Robert Tanyan, he's currently tight end six. Okay. Reminder, he did not play week one, and he's had his bye week. So he's missed two weeks, and he's tight end six. Um, A lot of that came from week two, three, and then week four he had three touchdowns. Was he a trick that we should have treated ourselves? I'm I'm getting to wordplay here. I'll just ask you, like, is (laughs) is it over now that Devontae Adams is back? Two for, I don't know. Two targeted two times this week for thirty-two yards. It might be. I think. I think with him, it really was a matter of opportunity knocking. Um, not only was that happening, but Jay Sternberg has been my god. Sternberg has been like really vanilla, average. Just you know, and then Rogers. Oh, he doesn't throw to the tight end. So many things happening at the same time. But I think Adams being out is a great point, and and how because that's really when he generated most of what you're talking about including that crazy can't count on a three touchdown week from a tight no end. no just like harrison bryant who i really love for the browns with the two tight uh, two touchdown week hooper was out mm-hmm. and then obj went out so you know he definitely got a little bit more attention than he ordinarily would um i think that you're right on tanya and i you know he he's good he's got you know metrics to support that he's a decent player but, yeah, I think he's more of a trick than a treat. Now, should you just give up on him and redraft, you know, and plug someone else in your lineup? But that's a different story. But in Dynasty, which is our bread and butter, I think you have to move that guy. In fact, maybe you missed your opportunity already to trade him away for something else. I would definitely consider him a, a should trade, you know, move him, move on from him. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I think I'm I'm really happy. Like, I think the move is, and I hope we're not, like, selling out on him too soon and um i'm kind of in the camp that i could be totally wrong on this but i think that what you do is you look at some of those teams who have either lost a tight end to an injury maybe you look to the teams that have a week eight bye week and 
you see what kind of move you can make to sell them yep. Tanyan now Good before it, it maybe gets worse. I don't think it's going to get better. Um, it might kind of be that, like, he might be Jason Witten-ish to where he's, like, always, like, tight end 8 to tight end 12, like, weekly. You know, he might That's have fine. a decent floor for you, but I think I'm ready to pack the bags on him and kind of move on to something else, to be honest well, with you. I think you're being smart. Now, long Sternberger's been... I don't know, a disappointment, right? No. I even own a few teams uh, from startups and places where I got them at value. I didn't pay for them. You know, in general, I didn't pay for them in, in rookie drafts. I got them otherwise. Thing is, you know, the catch he made was a one-handed catch and run. He's still that superb athlete that we saw in college. He's still the guy to give you high hopes that he develops into a tight end. I mean, it's his second year, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is finally discovering his form. Things are clicking. Adams is back. I really think Sternberger is the buy. He's the treat. He's somebody that right now, my God, dude, I, I had to start him on a team this past week. And I was cringing. I was like, oh, my God, I have two guys on buy and one guy. <laughs> I have no other choice, no alternative. There's nothing on waivers. It's 10 minutes to one. All right, Sternberger it is. I was so surprised I got any points out of him, let alone the touchdown. Just total blind luck. Worked out. However, with tight ends where I think we get spoiled, you know, the George Kittles and now Harrison Bryant, some of the players that come on faster, Fant, you know, came on your boy up there in Detroit coming on, um, you know, early. That's not the rule though. Tight ends typically take longer even than wide receivers to kind of get in, learn the nuances of the game. They're expected to block at least a little, whether they suck or not. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, catch. so you see guys like Tyler, Bo I'm sorry, Tyler Boyd. You, you see guys like Boyle in, um, Mm -hmm. in um, Baltimore who are on the field all the time because they're so good in the blocking game, getting opportunities because of it. Nobody's yeah. open. Well, there's Boyle. No one cares about right. him. Yep. His play and he catches, you know, five passes or he catches a touchdown. It's opportunity for him. Sternberger's got a lot of athletic talent. Um, I think he's the long-term answer there. And I think that's the guy trade away Tanya and trade for Sternberger. And I think, you know, maybe not this year, you'll see some glimpses. And then next year, I think he comes on, strong but he's a legitimate athlete and a good tight end i think that's what you want to do yeah and i think that's something we lose sight of sometimes is uh we forget when tight ends actually usually kind of start to develop and it's between like 27 and 30 like you don't you yeah they play until they're 35 so. yeah you don't get like those breakout games like so quickly like travis kelsey doesn't just happen all the time and um even players like you know who we are who are obviously underperforming our expectations but even somebody like evan ingram like he hasn't even really gotten to that ripe age yet like i think he's 26 i think him and hooper are both 26 like we could still see valuable times ahead of them where their production goes up i think we wanted a little too much a little too soon and we saw the glimpses from evan ingram the year barkley was out well the wow yeah, the impatience barkley i mean that's a worry right just did you hear what i said there like the ingram hit the year barkley was out and now barkley's yeah. out again and we've still yeah. got barkley as like rb1 kind of ish you know like right. um man that i just told myself to sell barkley yeah, no, I'm trying. It's um, I don't want to take a huge loss, and right now, you know, with him not playing, it's it's been a tough sell. I think I have him in two or three spots on MFL, and I haven't been able to move him. And so, you know, at some point, it just becomes more valuable to hang on to him for next year than to move him for you know, especially if you're out of contention. What just, what kind of move you know, are you trying to make? If do you have an example or honestly, 
was trying to move him to teams that are looking to the future more than I am. Yeah. But just because I want to get away from him, I, I mean, I would mm-hmm. do sort of a lateral move just to get away from Barkley and get something else. So I was really looking at teams that are, you know, where I'm at in the standings or lower, um, not, you know, title contender, obviously. One of those leagues, I have a pretty good team, and I was trying to move him for something I can use now, but I could not generate enough interest in him to, I'm not even worried about making a profit. I couldn't even make right. it sensible to, yeah. to move away from an ad. I'll just wait until he's back next year and then get rid of him if I want to then. But, you know, you're just kind of eating it now. Would it's you a good do, year to have to eat it. Would but. you do Dobbins and T. Higgins? Would I? Yep. For Barkley? 100% I would. Um, Listen, I'm, I'm not the biggest did, Barkley fan. Was that, was that too points, much? But, like you did that really quick. Because I, I would too. I'm with you, dude. Those but, are two of my favorite uh, incoming players, uh, rookies, Dobbins, you know, for various reasons. First of all, that's you could a hell of a running happen? back. Like, is that, is that uh, crazy sauce? Like, or do you think you could make that happen? Not, I don't think I could now based on Higgins doing well. I, mm-hmm. I doubt someone would do that. It would ha- I think it would have to be somebody that had those two assets that loves Barkley, Giants fan, Penn State fan, somebody that really love, thinks Barkley's the best running back in the league. I don't think Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the league. I think he's one of the most talented, yeah. best um, on paper, strongest, all of that. He doesn't have as good a vision as a lot of backs. He's not as good inside as a lot of backs are, as other backs are. I shouldn't say a lot. I mean, he's he's okay. He's the guy that you want catching the passes, and based on his supreme athleticism, he's going to get you points. But he... He's not as good as um, Dobbins inside, quite frankly. He, he, he was averaging 1.8 yards per carry before he got hurt. Yeah, he's just not a running back you hand off to, and you're like, between the tackles, this guy's a monster. That's not his game. Is he like, he's like an OBJ to me, one of the finest um, big show sort of like, look what this guy can do. Mm, but then mm-hmm. You're trying to win your fantasy game. You're playing against Sharps, who, you know, are better at figuring a lot of things out to, to beat you. And then, you're rolling out Barkley and they're like, here's Ezekiel Elliott. I'm going to beat you. And it's just, yeah. sorry, Barkley's amazing, but I'm, I don't want him on my roster because I think he's not as good as these other backs, not as steady. And so when he was healthy, it made sense. Mm-hmm. You could trade him, but now you're kind of fighting again. You're, it's an uphill climb trying to get rid of him. Yeah. You literally have to find a non-contender and you still almost at that point need to be willing to take a hit. You do a little bit. And that's fine. Like I said before, if you get what you want and you feel like you've bettered your overall roster, even in the short run, it's okay that you don't gouge somebody and make this tremendous deal. You see on Twitter, look at this deal I made. Yeah. Everybody wants to win Twitter bolts by 80%. Right. But how many times do you make a trade where you really do that? I'm not trading with my kids. Yeah. They're not going to give me what I want. I You have to come up with something that you can walk away from and at least think you've improved your team marginally, and that's it. And getting rid of Barkley, I think, can marginally improve my team. If I were to get Dobbins and Higgins, I'd be ecstatic. I don't know if I can, but I would yeah. try. I mean, the team that I'm thinking about for my Barkley share, like I'm still a contender, you know, and there's still time. So I've kind of, I've kind of tried to toy with getting rid of him, but I feel like as the season goes, you'll get to those the time when Barkley's value slowly starts to rise because so many people will then start to realize they're really out of it and you'll have more opportunities to sell him and the day to him coming back will be closer. And the truth is, we don't even know how he comes back from injury. We don't, you know what I mean? We don't know what we're going to see like in the, that return. So, um, yeah, pretty significant knee injury, you know, more than yeah. just one thing going on. Um, it's probably going to be more that time than we think maybe he doesn't start the season next year and then you know he's got that 
uh, specter of the injury over his head. He's not necessarily, well, he's definitely not the same guy. So yeah, there are questions. And so just kind of moving on from that would be nice, I think. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you, dude. Uh, I'm going to be focusing on getting rid of him and getting rid of Dak. Oh. Yeah, I, I made um I made some trades like that. Um, I I don't want to get away from Dak, but um you know if it's something you need to do this season. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It, and we don't know what situation he's going to be in. We can speculate all we want, but we don't know if he's going to get a contract in Dallas. They probably will now after they've seen like. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. But he's my yeah, thing with Dak is him. Dak's not signing a franchise tag. Right. Like he yeah. will not. Like he'll sit he before he signs a tag. That's clearly he's the difference between Dallas being competitive and not. I mean, good God. And in their coach is not doing any favors for them. No. They almost want him to bring the other guy back that got nothing but grief. Yep. Well, man, this has been yeah. super fun. Did you have anybody uh you wanted to throw into this pool before we got out of here? Um, I'm sure as soon as we get off this show, I'll think of somebody trick or treat, but no, I think you covered some really good ones. There's, we'll, there are always we'll players put it like on that. the smell my feet episode. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do it later <laughs> in the week. <laughs> trick or treat. Yes. Smell my feet. <laughs> he is the dynasty madman. Also check out dynasty trades HQ. Maybe someday and off the rails. Yeah, soon. Another off the rails. We might reboot that as more of a, a YouTube sensation for 30 minutes um, because I just can't find the time to edit those shows. And they're good. We have good people on there. So uh, in a testament to them, I think I'm just going to do like a 30 minute YouTube thing and then um, not live, but release it after we record. Mm, nice. Stay tuned for that. Maybe next week. Yeah, definitely. So definitely follow Madman, follow Dynasty Trades HQ, Superflex Super Show. Superflex Pod. All this stuff. You going trick-or-treating? You said you guys are going Thursday? Yeah, in our neighborhood only, but um, it's a pretty big subdivision now. So uh, my wife will probably take the kids while I, or at least one of them, the youngest, while my son and I, the older boy, and I dress up and just hand out candy. If it's nice enough, we'll sit outside on the driveway like a bunch of people do so people don't have to ring the doorbell and stuff and get the dogs all rattled. But um, we used to leave a pot of candy on the steps until last year we're assuming teenagers walked off with it took all the candy and threw the pot in our you know our neighbor's yard so you know can't trust everybody anymore 